You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance and ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers, a very bleak episode of From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful, the magnificent, the terrific Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Is there any podcast network out there as talented, as deep as this? I can't imagine so. But know who's not talented and deep? Our Philadelphia Eagles. Pains me to say. My fellow Eagles fans, I'm a mess. I am simply a mess right now at this 0-2 hole. I'm having an identity crisis just as much as the Eagles themselves are having an identity crisis. I think back to when the Eagles selected Jalen Hurts in the second round back in April. I was on Instagram Live with the great, the wonderful Michael Kist on the Bleeding Green Nation Instagram. And if you're not following them, I do tons of great content on there all week at Bleeding Green Insta. Make sure to follow us on there. But I remember I was wearing a Carson Wentz North Dakota State jersey. Going up to the pick, I said, there's no way the Eagles can mess up this pick. Assume they were taking Jeremy Chin or a player like that. They select Jalen Hurts. My mind goes spiraling out of control. And I sit here today in the middle of this identity crisis that is plaguing me and the Eagles. I am wearing a Jalen Hurts Oklahoma jersey that I bought from Nike's website for 40 bucks. Jumpman logo on there and everything. That's how messed up I am right now. That's how confused I am as an Eagles fan. That's how irrational of an Eagles fan right now. Got the Oklahoma jersey on, my Hellboy hat. I'm confused. I'm ready to vent. Ready to give you guys a voice because none of us know what's going on right now. It's so painful to say I don't. I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. I've been Wentz's biggest offender at every turn, getting blocked by national NFL writers, people all over the place defending our great and our beloved Carson Wentz. And he's played two of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Maybe the two worst in back-to-back weeks. Had moments in each game where he could have taken over, taken control of the game, you know, put the other team out of it, and just hasn't done it. And it's concerning. It's highly concerning. I I can't believe I've lost hope and lost faith in a season as quickly as I have right now. The last time the Eagles were 0-2 was 2015. I was a senior in college. The Eagles lose on Monday Night Football in Week 1 to the Atlanta Falcons. Kiko Alonso has that phenomenal interception early on. The Eagles don't do anything. That's Sam Bradford's first game as an Eagle. Chip Kelly's last uh, Week 1 game as an Eagles head coach. The beginning of the end of the chip era. Week 2 at home against Dallas. You know, I get amped up for Dallas week more than, much, more than most people. Embarrassing loss. I walk out of the stadium a mess screaming. So pissed off. Take the subway back to school. And even then, I, I still had a hope that a playoff run was still in the cards. And now, after these two losses, Washington lost embarrassing. One's played so terrible against the Rams. He had that. I'll never get over that. 
Ortega Whiteside pass. He throws it in a double coverage against two Ortega Whiteside. And friend of the podcast, Ryan Jones, who had been on an episode before the season started, talking about Joe Judge, NFC East coaches, said, if J.J. Ortega Whiteside is getting double teamed, why would you throw it to him? Take that as a win that they're putting two guys on the worst skill position player on the whole damn team. Take solace in that and hit an open receiver because someone's going to be open then. What I always say about the Eagles is, get me to December. I am usually an overly optimistic Eagles fan. As irrational as I am, as emotional I am, it's hard for me to lose faith in an Eagles team. I always say, let's get to December. Let's get on that unlikely playoff run. Let's, if things aren't humming and mowing like the 2017, let's get into the playoffs. Let's get a playoff game. Let's get win some playoff experience. Let's win a playoff game. Have that great memory for us. 2018, they sneak into the playoffs. They need a bunch of help for it. But guess what? We get gifted the double joint game. Great Eagles moment we'll think about forever. Nick Foles, game-winning drive, throws a touchdown to Golden State who didn't even know what the play was. That's what I want. I, 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 part of me wants that. Part of me wants that, you know, those, that fun December game. I have my parents over. I have Ashley over. Uh, obviously, Ashley and I live together. And we're just sitting there and we're getting hyped, making Bloody Marys before the game, you know, eating some Fink's hoagies during the game. I want that. But, again, I've never lost faith. It's just not happening this year. It's just not happening Wentz has regressed. He hasn't improved since 2017. I thought that end of the season run in 2019 was going to really spearhead him, getting back to that level he was in his MVP caliber 2017 season. We just haven't seen it. Now Jalen Rager's hurt. Now the defense is in shambles. Jim Schwartz. Oh, my God. I talked all last week on the podcast about Sean McVay versus Doug Peterson, how I always hang my hat on all the hype around Sean McVay. That Doug Peterson has beat him in every turn. Doug Peterson scored 41 points in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay scored three. All of that stuff. And it feels like it's already gone out the window. Jim Schwartz looked like he had never watched one second of film or tape on Sean McVay. This is Sean McVay's what? Fourth season in the NFL. Has been running the same offense the, the entire time. Runs bootleg after bootleg. Misdirection. Movement before the snap. We all know what was happening. Play action rollout from Jared Goff hitting Tyler Higby with Nathan Gary nowhere near him in coverage. And it looked like Jim Schwartz didn't have a clue what was going on. Now, I've been a you know a detractor of Jim Schwartz, but ultimately I think he's done a better job than Eagles fans give him credit for. When you're talking about firing Jim Schwartz, you're like, okay, well, who are they hiring instead that's going to do a better job? That's not a guarantee they're going to do that. But after that performance, that is just embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to be a fan of the Eagles. It looked like he had never just, he had no idea what was happening. The Eagles players on defense were so unprepared for what was happening, even though they played Sean McVay multiple times in their career. Just thoroughly, thoroughly unprepared. It's embarrassing. I can't believe what I was watching. He would roll out every single time. That's what Sean McVay does. That's what Jared Goff does. Play action rollouts. Misdirection. Pre-snap motion. And they looked like they had no clue it was coming. It's so hard for me now not to drop F-bomb after F-bomb. That's how angry I am talking about this. Jim Schwartz, all Schwartzy. Good luck coaching Archbishop Wood next year as their defensive coordinator. Maybe he'll square off against uh, Bishop Eustace's offensive coordinator, Chip Kelly. I'm just embarrassed. There's no way they make the playoffs, right? They're playing a Bengals team that was the worst team in the NFL last year. Joe Barra looks really good. 
They're coming off playing Thursday night football last week. They lost, but Burrow looked really good. Have a good collection of receivers. Tyler Boyd looks like one of the emerging players in the NFL right now. And they're on 10 days rest. And somehow I feel like the Eagles are going to lose. They're five and a half point favorite. That feels like a, a Bengals line to me. I don't know when the last time the Eagles won an 0-3 hole is. I can't imagine it. It's it's in... I can't fathom it. It's scary to think that this season could be down the drain three weeks into September. Then we go to Sunday Football and 49ers. 49ers maybe the only team as banged up in the NFL as the Eagles. Maybe they pull off a win there, steal a win that we thought was going to be a loss before the season started. But 0-3, I can't face 0-3 in the face. I just can't. I'm scared at that thought. I don't want Jalen Hurts to take over for Carson Wentz right now. I did like the packages. That's the crazy part, too. I'm such a Taysom Hill hater. But at the same time, I really enjoyed when Jalen Hurts was on the field. I think when they're going in their goal line package, especially two-point conversion, every two-point conversion to me, Jalen Hurts should be on the field. They should go for two every time, that run-pass option. He's built like a linebacker. I wouldn't say a linebacker. He's you know, 6'1", 223 pounds, built like a running back. Almost, not Cam Newton-esque completely, but a little along those lines. He should be on there in those two-point conversion instead of the naked pitch to Miles Sanders. I like when Doug went for two. I'm always a proponent of going for two. Doug, you know, Big Stone's Doug wasn't on the field on Sunday, and that 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 really angers me. Those two times he kicked when he should have just won for it. You know, the... Rams are offsides. Could have went from a fourth and eight on that field to a fourth and three late in the game. You're playing to lose. You're playing not to lose. You're playing scared. You wrote a book. I have this book right near my desk where I write, record my podcast and everything. The spot of the book says, Fearless. Hashit Books, Doug Peterson. You weren't quite fearless on Sunday, Doug. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel like I'm going insane. That that meme everyone says, like, I'm going to become the Joker. If the Eagles go 0-3, including two losses to the two teams with the worst record in the NFL last year, I am going to become the Joker. That's all I have to say. They, they need an overhaul. They need an overhaul. I don't know what's going to take for that to happen. I don't want the Eagles to bottom out. I want to see them win. I want to see them go 10-6, and 11-5, go on a miraculous playoff run. Win a playoff game. Carson Wentz gets his first playoff win. I want all of that to happen. But I am terrified that the bottom is coming out on this team and we're reaching the end of the era. This Super Bowl era, this the beginning of the Doug Peterson era. I'm not saying Doug's gone as coach. I certainly don't want Doug gone as coach. But this iteration of this team feels like it's ending this season. This is the end of the line for this iteration of the Philadelphia Eagles. I really am terrified they're going to lose on Sunday. And last week on the podcast, as we're ending, I'm going on McVay versus Peterson rant. And I convinced myself that they're going to win. Now I feel like I'm convincing myself they're going to lose. And it's terrifying. I don't know what's going to happen this Eagles season. But it's going to be like, it feels like it's going to be like, unlike any Eagles season that I can remember in the worst, worst possible way. I see people pointing out the Eagles made the playoffs in 2003. It was McNabb and Reed's fifth year with the team as it is. Doug's and Wentz's fifth year of the team. They started out 0-2, lost to the reigning Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in the first game at Lincoln Financial Field in week one. Week two, they lose to the eventual Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. They have a very strange week three bye in 2003. You know, one win in week three against Buffalo, go in a 12-4 run, have home field advantage, make the NFC Championship game. That's the fourth and 26th game in the divisional round versus the Packers they win. That's not happening this year. 
Carson Wentz isn't as good as Donovan McNabb was in 2003. I wrote about this this week in my newsletter. If you love the podcast, you love me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy, you got to check out my newsletter, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. McNabb is just more accomplished, more, I don't want to say more talented because Wentz's talent is through the roof, but certainly at the same time, you know, fifth year in his career, infinitely more accomplished than Carson Wentz. The Eagles, I looked up to see what are some differences between those teams. What is it going to take for the Eagles to go on that miraculous 12-4 and run, overcoming their 0-2 deficit? And I saw that in 2002, so the previous season, the Eagles defense finished fourth in football outsiders DVOA metric. 2001, they were the finished first in DVOA, defensive DVOA. So you're coming off a team that is clearly a top two, top three defense in the NFL you're bringing back in 2003. They played two tough, tough opponents. A Tampa Bay team that owned him were in their heads after the final game at the, at the Veterans Stadium, 2002 NFC Championship game. Then they played the eventual Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. The Eagles aren't playing two Super Bowl teams in week one, week two. They played Washington with Dwayne Hassan's at quarterback. And while the Rams won't be good this year, they're in a tough division. Could be a situation where... I don't know. What if every team in the NFC West makes the playoffs? I don't know if that's going to happen. But at the same time, they're not at the New England Patriots level, the way the Patriots were in Week 2, 2003. I don't see it happening. This team is bad. and They lose. They're just not. This doesn't happen to good teams. Good teams don't do this. Good teams don't make these mistakes. I'm so angry. If the Bengals win this week, just disaster written all over it. Season from hell. I'm worried we're having a 2015 redux. Season from hell. And, you know, the wholesale changes need to be made. Doug Peterson is not one of them. Howie Roseman. Jeffrey Lurie treats him as his own son, his own flesh and blood. There's no way Howie goes away after the season. And I think at the same time, you know, winning a Super Bowl does buy you some leeway. Understandably, even if all of his moves since the Super Bowl, since that Super Bowl win, have been, you know, disastrous to a degree. Now Jalen Rager's hurt. I'm angry. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 
200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. One of these things that's been bothering me about the Eagles that I think is part of their offensive struggles since 2018 is this infatuation with 12 personnel. Now, initially, that seemed like an awesome move to me. In 2018, Eagles trade back from the 32nd pick in the first round because they were the Super Bowl champions. People forget that. Make a trade with the Ravens, who inevitably selected Lamar Jackson at 32, but that's a story for a different day. Eagles trade down with the 49th pick in the second round. They take Dallas Goddard. It's strange that a team takes a backup tight end, coming off a Super Bowl win when they had a pro bowler and a Super Bowl here on their roster, and Zach Ertz. But then they put this emphasis on running 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field. And I'm thinking, you know, what if this is the 2011 Patriots Part 2? Reality, Ertz and Goddard, probably two of the top five tight ends in the league. Now, Dallas Goddard doesn't get all those reps the way he would if he was on his own team without Ertz. But he's undeniably talented. In week one, he had eight catches, 101 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He looked downright George Kittle-esque, barreling through defenders. Physical beast. And the idea behind 12 personnel is that it creates mismatches at every turn. Defense comes out in a base defense against the Eagles and 12 personnel. Good luck sticking a linebacker on Ertz or Goddard. They come out in nickel. Well, Goddard's a fantastic blocker. Ertz has improved. We're going to punish you in the running game. That just hasn't been the case. Last year, the Eagles finished 19th in yards per attempt with 4.1. They finished 11th in the league overall in rushing guards. In 2018, Josh Adams led the team with 511 rushing yards. They're not this dominant running team. At the same time, the passing offense has regressed tremendously since 2017. Now, in 2017, Trey Burton did have five touchdown catches and played well. But the Eagles weren't running a ton of 12 personnel, even when they had, you know, Brent Selleck, the you know, kind of a shell of Brent Selleck on the team still. Their base offensive set was Alshon Jeffrey, 11 personnel. Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith on the outside, Nelson Aguilar in the slot, and Zachary to tight end. That was a very balanced offensive attack that still had a dynamic nature to it. Alshon Jeffrey, your red zone, big play. Possession receiver, Torrey Smith as your vertical threat. Nelson Aguilar, well, all of his awards since 2017. You know, he was a Super Bowl hero too. People forget that as much as I've criticized him since then. Criticism was warranted, but can't take away what he did in 2017. Was fantastic in the slot for the Eagles. That offense was fun. It was quick. Had dynamicism to it. Ever since then, with this emphasis on 12 personnel, there's a lack in big playability. Things are slowing down. The offense is plotting. We're going these very long, methodical drives when the Eagles really do need some scoring punch. They just don't have it. They have not had it since 2017. Maybe that's Wentz losing some of his mojo. Maybe that's you know Doug's play calling in a little vanilla. Maybe that's the absence of Frank Reich and John Filippo. But at the same time, they're getting bogged down with 12 personnel. It's just not working. 
They, they're, they're missing speed on the offense. And you thought that was getting corrected this offseason with Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson. But at the same time, the Eagles were in. And these stats are coming from Bo Wolf, uh, Birds with Friends, The Athletic. Great follow, great writer. Uh, the Eagles were in 12 personnel 80% of the time against the Rams. They've been in it this season 68% of the time, which is obviously toxic. The fellow, the next closest team came out in at 31% in 12 personnel. And there was this emphasis on adding speed this offseason to get those, you know, athleticism on the field, those big play threats. And Jalen Rager already hurt, was hurt before the season, comes back in, tears a ligament in his thumb in week two on a fantastic catch he made on a terrible, terrible hospital ball from Carson Wentz against the Rams. Now Jalen Rager's out. Deshaun Jackson, who, while missing almost all of last season, came back in, you know, had some nice catches against the Rams, but has essentially been on the NFL equivalent of a pitch count. So you're still playing two tight ends the vast majority of the time. Now, Alshon's still out. Jalen Rager's out. John Hightower, who I was hyping up before the season, looked totally lost in week one against Washington. J.J. Ortega, Whiteside, a bust in the highest, to the highest degree, has one target in two weeks, zero catches. John Hightower, as lost as he seemed, I'd rather take a chance with him out there with his speed rather than what I know is a known quantity and someone who frankly stinks. He stinks. He stinks. Terrible pick. Terrible pick. I don't want to say a fireball offense, but it just adds up of all the poor drafting they've had since that 2016 Wentz draft. Every draft since then, pretty bad. Their best pick in the last three years in a draft, that is three years, four years, as a backup tight end. And yeah, he's essentially started with how I'm saying the emphasis on 12 personnel. At the same time, they took a number two tight end in the second round coming off a Super Bowl win. And that's been their best pick since. Not great. Not great, Bob. I don't know how to fix this. I think it's coming down to a decision where, you know, sooner rather than later, they're going to, not only for the sake of their, you know, Ertz and Goddard's own ability, their own talent, their own career trajectory, for the sake of this Eagles offense, I think they need to make a change soon. I'm not saying they need to trade Zach Ertz right now. They need to trade Dallas Goddard. But this offseason, something has to has to go. Something has to change. And I'm not saying this. They need to trade Zach Ertz because he stinks. Zach Ertz is phenomenal. Zach Ertz is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. But at the same time, he's going to be more expensive. He's going to be older. Dallas Goddard is this, you know, kind of uber-talented physical player whose, you know, career is on the upswing and who's going to be cheaper and younger than Zach Ertz. So in reality, I would trade Zach Ertz. That's not, again, not a study against Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is phenomenal. He deserves to get paid what he wants. At the same time, it's probably not wise for the Eagles to do that. And I don't know what the fix is. Again, I think they need to run less 12 personnel with all these injuries and necessitates having their two best pass catchers, Ertz and Goddard, on the field. And I get it. They want to have their most talented players out there. But I feel like we're getting into this Sixers territory where we're trying to zig when everyone else is zagging. But at the same time, we're just playing slow plotting, unexcited football, that's simply not working. The offense is not humming. The offense is stagnant. Maybe that's the play calling. Maybe that's, again, regression from Wentz, poor decision-making, inaccuracy from Wentz. But at the same time, that 12 personnel, those two tight end sets and packages, are doing no one any favors. Not doing the Eagles favors, not doing each player's own you know, talent or their, you know, respective career trajectory favors. Certainly not doing fantasy <laughs> fantasy owners any favors too when they're debating whether this guy's gonna even get targets. You know, what I think on Sunday, Ertz had eight targets. Ertz had seven targets, Goddard had eight against the Rams. 
Now, obviously, uh, I think Ertz has now eight catches for 60 yards in two games plus a touchdown. But Goddard has more than double the yards on the season. So it's strange. Uh, so you're having those guys back out there. Uh, and you think there's you know time for both of them to catch it. They could replicate that Gronk and Hernandez last season. The you know They had two tight ends to catch the most passes respectively uh, since Gronk and Hernandez in 2011. But Zach Ertz isn't on his way to an eye-popping statistical season like we're used to. And again, that's not an indictment of Ertz's talent. It's just how the offense is playing right now. And Goddard could, again, be in a guy who's looking at a in a different offense or when he's the lone tight end in an 11 personnel heavy offense, a guy could approach you know, 1,000 receiving yards and double-digit touchdowns. And that's just not happening right now. They're not maximizing each person's talent. Again, it's like the Sixers where having 15 big men on the field, on the court, without any guards seems like a problem. Having a bunch of tight ends on the field and now Sean Jeffrey comes back, essentially a third tight end with his speed and athleticism at his age after all these injuries, it's not working. We need big play threats. And again, you thought Jalen Riker was going to be doing that. He's hurt. Even when he was healthy and Deshaun Jackson was healthy and John Hightower's out there, they're still running a ton of 12 personnel and just not working. Again, the lack of depth and talent at receiver is necessitating it to a degree. But ultimately, it's not a fruitful in Denver. And again, there's no quick solution to this. They're probably going to have to ride this out for this season. But it's just another facet of this Eagles team that's not working, along with the defense, along with the pass rush isn't what we want it to be. You know, Carson Wentz isn't where we want him to be. The coaching staff isn't where we want it to be. Howie Roseman isn't where we want him to be. I'm nervous. And I hope on Monday or next week's podcast, I'm here, I'm eating crow. Carson Wentz throws four touchdown passes. I'm sure Zach Ertz and Goddard will combine for 195 receiving yards, you know, 17 catches, three touchdowns. And I'll eat crow and look like an idiot. But even so, these are long-term issues for the Eagles without a clear, immediate solution. I think that's the issue with the Eagles overall. They have a bunch of long-term problems, and they are stuck where they are right now, whether it be for talent reasons, depth reasons, salary cap reasons. We are watching this team bottom out. Not bottom out in terms of finishing you know, a top five, bottom five record. You know, The bottom's coming out in this team, this, this iteration of the Eagles, this, you know, quote-unquote, the first... Super Bowl era of the Eagles team, Eagles franchise of the Doug Peterson era. I'm nervous. I'm nervous to say the least. Anyway, that's what I got this week. Usual plugs. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Do a ton of Instagram content. You could also follow that I run the Bleeding Green Nation Instagram, as I mentioned earlier, at Bleeding Green Insta. You know, sign up for my Patreon newsletter. Again, if you like this podcast, if you listen to this podcast, if you like my tweets, $2 per month, 20 newsletters per month every Monday through Friday morning patreon.com backslash shameless under Clancy and be sure to give everyone else on this network a listen so many talented voices out there we love the eagles love everyone who's listening go birds and hopefully hopefully i have a more positive tone next week go birds Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.